Thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with co-host Lou Weiss, who is also the sponsor of this show through his company, All Metals and Forge Group, a manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless roll rings, and also a participant in the global survey, which Norbert Orr, our guest, puts together as he looks at purchasing managers' indices around the planet and some very interesting regional ones in the United States. Norbert, welcome back as our senior correspondent to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you. Good to be with you. Good seeing you again, Norbert. Thank you. Thank you. You're looking chipper as usual. So, Norbert, the flock of starlings seems to have moved in your scattergram, which people will come to mfgtalkradio.com we'll have it there they can see it they can also find it in our manufacturing outlook easing but the flock seems to have moved from the upper right to the upper left what's going on uh well uh basically it's taking advantage of a four quadrant analysis and it's saying uh, uh is manufacturing growing based on the index for a certain location or is it declining? Uh, is it getting stronger or is it getting weaker? And uh, so this month, what we've seen uh, is a reversal a little bit of last month. Last month, uh, it showed uh, growth and it showed it getting stronger, so growing faster. This month is showing growth, but it's not growing as fast as it was last month at the same rate. And that's really the story. Are we starting to peak out in terms of the strength of the recovery in manufacturing? Or, in, for instance, some of the, some of the, we have the Chicago survey, it's partly services. It's showing where the strength is uh, in doing that. So it's, it's a good indicator as to what's happening in the, the, uh, in the sector. Okay, now you had mentioned uh, when we were chatting pre-show that manufacturing and services, the two reports that come out of the ISM, and part of what you look at along with other surveys seem to be kind of in tandem this particular month. What's going on there? Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, the services uh, index came in at uh, 58.7 and the manufacturing index came in at 58.7. That's a fairly rare occurrence that both of them uh, move at the same rate. And so it, it, I find it interesting uh, to, to look at what's going on. Uh, first of all, let me say, manufacturing typically, the PMI averages over time about 52 and a half to 53. Uh, the, the services sector, the end PMI averages 54 and a half to 55. So there's about two points difference typically. So when you see those two uh, meet, uh, it says to me, manufacturing is growing a little, 58.7 in manufacturing is uh, more positive than 58.7 in non-manufacturing. So we're seeing that uh, 
that, that take place. And so I think it's worth talking about a little bit. Where is the commonality between the two of those right now? Because services is where the jobs are. And jobs is where the, the, the action needs to be if we're going to see this economy continue to strengthen it's got to create jobs. And so we need to look at, at why that happens. Um, if we look at new orders, we find that that's, as far as, far as services are concerned, concern, <coughs> excuse me, it's 61.8. As far as manufacturing is concerned, it's 61.1. So there again, they're moving in tandem uh, right now uh, from that. Uh, employment in manufacturing is at 55.2. Uh, in non-manufacturing ser services, uh, employment is at 52.6. There we see we're not creating jobs in, in the way that we need to move forward and, and create uh, more, more jobs associated with it. If you look at inventories, inventories are far more important in manufacturing, but yet service businesses, distributors, uh, warehouses, you have uh, a good many materials and, and purchases uh, uh, inventories in, in those segments. Uh, then we look at uh, prices. Prices are up in both services and manufacturing. Uh, Good question, I, I guess, that, that I'll, I'll ask. Uh, do we see that services uh, tend to try to start the year as manufacturers do with a price increase? Manufacturers have historically always preferred to try to get a price increase because it gets into the budget for 12 months. And, right. Uh, and it also, if you sell a price increase in January, you also may be able to sell one in July. That if the market tightens up a little bit, uh, that they're able to do that. Now, pricing is the toughest thing there is in business, in my mind, uh, to, to decide how much to increase prices, if you're going to, how much to decrease, whatever the amount is that you're, that you're looking at for that. So... Uh, I don't know, Lou, uh, am, I, am I on the right track with that, in your opinion? Well, we use a dartboard. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're 100% so, uh, right. Uh, and th th that's some more of that follow the science stuff, right? Right, right, right. So, <laughs> you know, their company's new budget comes out uh, the beginning of the year. Uh, they need... Uh, additional revenues to help support that uh, budget. So right. typically that's when you see price increase. Yeah, well, we're seeing certainly, but uh, one of the charts that we do shows supplier deliveries. And when supplier deliveries extend, prices get more support than they did would obviously if uh, supplier deliveries were contracting. And so we, we look at that and it's close to its peak. Uh, and uh, typically when prices come down, they come down very rapidly uh, to find their level. 
And, uh, you know, one of the questions I'm, I'm getting a lot about is, well, what about inflation? Where does inflation figure into all of this? And uh, my, my uh, experience is inflation is more about wages than it is about materials. Materials have to be sold at market. If the market's tight, you pay more for them. If the market's uh, softer, you pay less for that. Uh, wages, you don't, you, you don't get to do that in most cases. You, you can't pay your people less because business softened up. And so I worry a lot more about uh, the, the action of government and uh, also uh, the, the uh, wages that people are paying as sources of, of inflation. Right now, with interest rates as low as they are, uh, I don't think we have a big worry about inflation. I, I, I'm worried about inflation once interest rates go up because, uh, you know, housing right now is super strong. Uh, I talked to one, one of my sons uh, who lives in Pensacola, and he said that whole area along the Gulf Coast has like a three-week inventory of houses on the market. Wow. And so uh, what's driving that? cheap interest rates. People are looking at it and saying, hey, uh, I was thinking about buying a, a house for rental purposes. This is a great time. If I can borrow money at 2% for 30 years, there's no way that can be a bad bet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so we, we see that, that happening. Did you uh, say Pensacola? Pardon? <laughs> you said Pensacola? Yeah. I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, almost anywhere in Florida right now is uh, is a good guess. You can pick uh, a more of a garden spot than Pensacola to. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, to 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 go with that, uh, but we see these things moving together. We we know employment has to pick up, and so those are the signs I'm looking for: is what's happening to inventories, what's happening to employment, what's happening to prices just the fundamentals. And right now the fundamentals are really good. Are they as good in Asia as they are here in the US? They are not. They, they are not. Uh, parts of Asia is doing extremely well. Uh, as you know, I quite often talk about Taiwan. Right. And where they are, get this. Taiwan manufacturing PMI is 65.1. Huge. New That's orders are 68. Production 67. Employment 58 and a half. Deliveries are 73. Uh, and so Taiwan is doing extraordinarily well. And who else is that good? Uh, frankly, not anybody. Uh, and I, I think one of the reasons Taiwan and China have this relationship where it's okay to hate each other publicly, but uh, they really want to get together and uh, they work together. Uh, I think I've been to Taiwan like seven times in the last 10 years, and uh, I, I've been amazed at uh, how strong the economy is, uh, the amount of innovation that's coming out of Taiwan. 
Uh, it's just a, a very strong economy. Uh, and I think the reason for it is the Chinese, when I've been over there, I see these tourist bus buses and uh, the tourist buses are full. Uh, well, guess what? Those are all Chinese uh, mainland tourists that come to Taiwan to, to tour in a country where they don't get along politically at all. Uh, so I think it's a good indication that China is doing fairly well, but the numbers don't change in China as easily as they do in Taiwan. No doubt. No doubt. You know, uh, Singapore has struggled mightily, and they've finally made uh, at least to, to where they're not declining month after month. So uh, that, that's held up fairly well. South Korea, uh, South Korea has a uh, expectation, the highest expect, expectation for manufacturing since 2014. So very strong for them. Uh, India, 57.7. So th there's some, some high points. Vietnam, Myanmar, the ASEAN countries, they're not doing as well. They're uh, slightly above 50 in most cases, uh, not seeing the strength because they don't have a local consumer market that's that strong. Right. Well, Myanmar has bigger problems. Uh, <laughs> right. How are things going in Europe? Uh, Europe is doing extremely well. Uh, again, some, some more statistics coming out of, uh, out of that market. Uh, you had, let me see my, my note here. Uh, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, <coughs> the e e Eurozone, which is the top eight countries out of 24 in Europe, uh, their PMI came in at 54.8. That's a very strong reading for, uh, that, for those eight countries. Uh, but more, uh, more exactly, the Netherlands has the highest reading in their index in 28 months. Italy, highest in 34 months. Oh, good for Italy. Yeah, Austria, 26 months. France, six months. Greece, four months. Uh, so uh, obviously, oh, and I have to come back and add the UK. Uh, they're at 54.1 when the rest of the euro is at 54.8. So it means the, the uh, UK is holding up quite nicely. And uh, their 54.1 is the third uh, weakest month that they've had recently. Uh, so uh, there, there's a lot to, to look at in terms of Eurozone and what can, uh, what can happen with it. Well, I think you and I were on the same page, Norbert, with Brexit. And, you know, it, when it happened, it was not going to be a big deal. It was a lot of, uh, you know, much ado about nothing, as Shakespeare would write. Uh, and I think that's the way it's turning out, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the exact uh, Shakespeare quote, so I won't try to do that. Uh, but uh, methinks uh, Shakespeare was right about a lot of things. 
So, Lou, how about your favorite country, Brazil? Uh, yeah, tell us about Brazil. I, I was going to actually switch to Switzerland with a 59 point something. <laughs> they really turn out great shots. So, uh, Brazil, well, Brazil is, is in the 60s uh, in January uh, and still close to that uh, as going forward. Uh, Brazil seems to be the, the one South American economy that can uh, generate growth and consistently get some growth out of it. You know, they're, they're, they struggle with corruption, but then again, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but Brazil is, uh, I, I, if you're going to bet on South America, you'd want to bet on Brazil as being the one that would be the, the, the best place to be. It would certainly help if they cleaned up their uh, corruption and uh, political issues down there. Uh, we, we did that. Uh, we actually opened offices down there several years ago. And uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting place. And uh, crime is uh, certainly a big deterrent uh, for a certain amount of uh, uh, their economy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just think that uh, Brazil has the, the, the infrastructure that the rest of South America lacks. And I think that they'll continue to do better than the rest of South America. I'm not sure how much money you'd want to put into, in, into Brazil uh, unless you knew really well what, uh, what to expect from it. I, I agree. All right. So, Norbert, as we wrap up this segment, you know, things are looking pretty good, but you mentioned maybe we're at a peak. As you look across 2021, and everybody's very hopeful that 2021 will be a good year, uh, does at a peak mean we could fall below 50, or are we still going to be above 50 for most of the year? I, I think we're going to be above 50. What, you, what you're going to, you know, uh, all, all of these markets tend to revert to the mean, which means uh, uh, the PMI, the mean for the PMI is about 52 and a half. And so uh, if you bet on uh, the over and under uh, one and a half points on both sides of 52 and a half, you'd probably be pretty close to what we probably will average for the balance of the year. And that's all dependent upon COVID and how uh, how quickly we respond to it. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know whether you remember the book Catch-22. Oh, yes. Uh, one, one of my favorites of all time. And uh, Catch-22 is uh, you, you set a goal, and as you get close to the goal, you move the goal line further uh, so that nobody ever reaches the, the goal, but they all have to keep uh, – keep working at it. And I, I, with the vaccines, I, I feel like we have a catch-22 situation. No matter what we do, there's something else now that we have to overcome. There's a new strand of, of the virus that we, we have to worry about. It's a, it's a super uh, breeder uh, of the virus. And uh, so uh, I worry about those things, which is ridiculous because I have no control whatsoever 
<laughs> over any of it. Uh, I ought to find other, I ought to get a life and find other things to worry about. But uh, I, I have to uh, I have to warn my clients uh, that uh, something is amiss. Yes, clearly. And what does GDP look like for 2021 if we're operating at the mean? I, I think, uh, you know, right now, uh, the Atlanta Fed has a, a GDP Now a website that, where they project what it's going to be. And I, I, I found it's as good as, uh, as just about any in terms of what they say. And, and they're predicting, uh, you know, a reasonable year in GDP. Uh, again, there's a lot of things that can uh, screw that up. Uh, our relationships, some of the relationships that were uh, uh, blowing up, we had positioned extremely well to be able to negotiate from a position of strength. And uh, we've kind of thrown up the white flag and said, uh, we, all we want is what you think a fair deal is. Uh, that's uh, th that's the customer you'd always like to have, right? Uh, <laughs> no doubt. Well, Norbert, thanks again for joining us with your input on this very important report that you put together. And we look forward to chatting with you again next month. Very good. Thank you. Great seeing you. Stay healthy and stay safe. Thank For you. all of our listeners, stay healthy and stay safe. That means you're probably at home. So check us out at mfgtalkradio.com or go to jacketmediaco.com where you can see links to all of our shows. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio with now a little TV. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.